Welcome back to the MedTech Trends podcast, everyone. I'm your host again, Dorian. So today we have with us uh, Robin Mossing. So he's joining us from a company called iWound. Now, a little bit about uh, Robin before we get into it. So he uh, is a clinician by training. Uh, he brings with him about two decades of clinical experience, which is not something that you get from uh, every uh, company uh, founder and CEO. So that's fantastic. Um, he's also regarded highly as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, and as evidence of that, so he previously founded a company called Best Practices Consultants, Inc., uh, which delivers advanced wound care nursing education to healthcare professionals across Canada. He also previously founded Wound Outcomes, Inc., um, and uh, there he was involved in cost containment measures, uh, and he also drove outcomes through nurse practitioner education and procedures uh, training, I believe. He also successfully led an exit uh, through Practical Medical Supply, Inc., and at the moment, and uh, the topic of the conversation for today, so he is acting as the executive vice president of clinical operations at a company called iWound. Now, iWound is a game changer uh, in the iWound in the in the wound care space. He is, and we'll get into that um, in quite a bit of detail today. So I'm looking forward to it. He's also part of a a leadership team that includes David Westlake, who's acting as chairman and CEO, and Ray Garneau, who's currently president. And he could not be more proud to be part of this fantastic team. So uh, again, look forward to, to getting into, into this conversation. Robin, glad to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you very much for that uh, gracious introduction. I appreciate that very much. Well, I mean, you, you deserve it. It's, uh, again, like it's not a... Um, it's not a commonplace thing to see founders and CEOs of successful companies that actually bring that firsthand experience into the work that they do. And this is something that, that you uh, certainly are doing. This is one of the questions that I had. I'm very curious about your career as a clinician, actually, because you spent several decades doing this work. You know the space inside and out probably better than anybody. And, uh, you know, how, how, did you, how did you shift over? How did you shift from a clinical experience, clinical background into the entrepreneurial space? What was that like? Well, easy question to answer, but I have to retool the question a little. I, I didn't shift. Um, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, you built a company, you, you, you've done well. Um, why another one? Like, isn't that enough? And it really comes down to a biblical story about the scorpion and the toad. It's, um, it's what I do, right? And it's not an effort. It's just what I do. So in the early days, like two decades ago, I founded a company called Best Practice. And then another one called Wound Outcomes. And then a practical medical supply. Um, and then Virtual Solutions Global, now iWound. Um, why is that? Well, this is not going to be my last rodeo either. So it's just what I do and what I enjoy doing. I like creating. And it's not about, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you've made enough money. You know, It's not about that. It is not about that. It's the satisfaction of bringing innovation to the marketplace and seeing it make uh, great outcomes in the healthcare space. And, you know, at the end of the day, money doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's a satisfaction that you've made a change. And that's what the companies have done. This is one I truly believe is going to pave a highway of creating an army at the bedside of better clinicians in terms of wound care. That's what I'm excited about. And I really like that point. I mean, it's not, uh, uh, I think a lot of people in the healthcare setting are not, they're not driven by the, the, the money outcome. Obviously everyone needs to sustain themselves, but I think it's the, it's the, the passion that they bring into it because they know that there's an, there's an outcome. That outcome is helping people get back to their, their lives, helping people feel better, uh, and actually, um, you know, it's the outcomes focus that I think makes a big difference. So, and again, this is not everybody that has that mentality. So um, it always helps to have a clinical background. You've experienced it firsthand. You know exactly what it's like to help these people out. So that's a, that's an important yeah. factor that not everybody has. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for agreeing with me on that matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to touch it on the, the topic of wound care itself, because um, I, I did a little bit of uh, background research as I do for, for all guests, but I, one of the things that I was very surprised by is just the, 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 the size, I guess, of, of this, uh, of this field. Uh, I didn't realize it was so big. There's so, I mean, this is, it encompasses a lot. It's not only big from a, you know, a market perspective, but it's also, it affects a lot of people. So we're talking about a very wide range 
of clinical, medical, real life applications of this. I wonder if you can speak to that a little bit. What's the well, scope sure of the can. wound care practice? I sure can. Now, just so we're all clear, I reside in Canada. I reside in a province and I reside in a small area. And in this small area, just let me illuminate this for you just for a second. We've got hospitals, we've got long-term care, we've got community placement, we've got clinics. Um, so let's have a look at community, right? Bricks and mortars, uh, streets where people live. I know for fact, on a Monday morning, one of the agencies deploys 350 nurses on a Monday morning. And they have to do roughly 10 to 12 visits to, you know, substantiate their, their payment for that day. So 4,200 people are seen on that Monday morning. 48% are wounds. And you know what? Of those 350 clinicians, there was four or five of us wound specialists that, that ran out and dealt with that need. It just doesn't cut the mustard. So in my province, it's a $1.5 billion burden on the tax money. In North America, I, I just don't even go there. I don't think I can come up with a number that big. Um, you know, when you talk about wound care, people think, well, how do you make a career in wound care? Like, where are the wounds? You have no idea. You have no idea. It's a massive, massive multi-billion dollar market. So we're trying to contain costs. We're trying to get better care at the bedside. And the problem is, and I, I'm probably jumping into several of your questions in the future, I don't mean to, but every nurse needs to know about blood pressure and INRs and patient drug amount training and all this stuff, but they don't have to know about wound care because they have somebody in their facilities that's been educated and is the wound clinician. And that's not right. You should not have one person in a silo in a hospital or long-term care that has all the knowledge or a couple. Everybody that's dealing with your mom's foot should be able to know what they're doing, what they're seeing, what they're applying, what the outcomes are, what the teaching for your mom should be. And that's not the case. Ergo, I wound. That's why we've created that. You know, one of the things that um, that I was kind of I was thinking about it was mulling over in my mind. So you've got you've got general. So if, if you're going through, um, let's say, nursing school or medical mm -hmm. school, once you come out of that, you're really a generalist for the most part, right? And you've well, got. <laughs> Sorry, thank you off. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, I, I'm thinking about this because I, you know, I, I recently kind of came across a, a comment from a, from a clinician that I thought was interesting in the sense that, you know, if you're taking a few, you know, a few courses in a particular area, does that make you a specialist? Because there are podiatrists, there are dietitians, there are pharmacists. These are all, you know, nth degree specialists in a, in a subset of what you would get if you were just going through, um, you know, your four four-year MD program, four-year nursing program. And, mm -hmm. you know, so can, can one sort of generalist coming out of the program really know everything about it? And in this, in the same way, I mean, a wound specialist is somebody that you'd have to, you rely on as like the expert that, that goes beyond just the four-year, you know, training program, right? Absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, you have MDs, you have nurses, you have nurse practitioners, you have PSWs, you have RPNs, you have Elemental PQRST coming out of four-year, five-year, eight-year. And you know what? They know all about hyperlipidemia, insulin resistance, uh, you know, hypertension. God bless these clinicians. They've dedicated their lives. They've got a huge width and breadth of practice. Wound care, they don't have time in, in academia to teach that. It's not as a weekend seminar. It's not a month of reading a book. It's actually a lot of study, a lot of application, and then guess what? Disseminating theory into practice. And that's where the real art form comes. And that doesn't come from a weekend seminar. So yeah, let's not pick on the doctors, the nurses, the nurse practitioners for not knowing about wound care. But my goodness, can't we improve care at the bedside? How can we 
give best practice and clinical guidelines and new technologies to all the people dealing with people in a way that it's one cost containing and easily accessible and easy to understand and builds a huge army of people that are bet, better at wound care. And really, I'm, I'm just talking about our mission statement. This is really what iWound's all about. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, well said. We'll come back to the point of the cost containment because that is such a, a huge factor in uh, a healthcare system, not just the Canadian system, really, I think any healthcare system virtually, that is increasingly unsustainable. And if there's any way to improve it and cost contain, uh, that is the, that is the way to go. That is, a, in fact, it's, it's a necessity. It has to go in that direction. So, um, we'll touch on that a lot more. Um, okay. So I'm very curious. Uh, so you went through a, a series of ventures even before I wound. Um, and how did, uh, how did that, how did the I wound transition happen? Have, have you always, have you consistently sort of continued to work as a clinician, um, alongside, uh, founding, I, I believe, iWound? Well, okay. So how did iWound spawn from my years of clinical bedside training? Um, now, I went off to university to be an architect. And I left after a year and became a musician and got signed and was on the charts and did very well. Wow. So I went, I went back into nursing um, and did a diploma in nursing, a science degree in nursing, nurse practicing education, and then wound consulting. So another nine years after high school. And during that whole course, I mean, eye wound was never in my mind. Um, I became a certified clinical specialist in, in wound care. And I worked in the community. I worked in the hospital. I worked in long-term care. Um, but sometimes there's a change in funding and things affect care at the bedside. And I saw in my province a pullback on one mechanism in funding. And I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to be disrespectful, but it took the clinical experts from the bedside um, and just threw it on the hands of nurses that didn't know too much about wound care and doctors that didn't know too much about wound care. And, and truly, truly, we did see um, some people getting in trouble, infected wounds, becoming septic, people passing away from septic wounds. And it's, it's in the news. I mean, I, it's not my opinion. Okay. That's, I'm not speaking on my opinion. This is fact. So, you know, am I philanthropic? You know, am I trying to change the system? I try, no, I just figured maybe there's a way you know, maybe there's a way something that small little thing I can do to kind of maybe teach people or, you know, make it more accessible. And remember, there's lots of educational series on wound care, right in, in my, my uh, country. There's wonderful, wonderful, but they're expensive and they're time consuming. And unfortunately, nurses are busy and they work for the weekend to get home to their loved ones and have a good weekend. And the last thing they want to do is be more busy trying to learn a brand new specialty and it's not a it's a daunting task there's a lot of information so I thought to myself how can we encapsulate 20 years of my knowledge and put it in the pocket of everybody you can't well we did we did so I recorded 100 films I took the basic here's a good skin here's bad skin up to here's a scalpel cutting tissue out of a wound and so everything I know in 20 years, I've, I've encapsulated in iWound and then put it into an algorithm. So once a person understands all the terminology of wound care, which is a, it's not a difficult task, now they're able to get to the bedside in less than 30 seconds, know what best practice is. And that's astounding. I'm not too sure how our company created that, but we did. And we're very, very proud of it. Okay, well, there's a, quite a bit to unpack there, so we'll get into a, a couple of those elements for sure. Yeah, I don't think I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I this is a it's it's an interesting start again. It's that it's there's been a, a shift for years and years now towards digitalization of the 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 medical field in, in a number of ways, including the education piece, which I think is one of the big focuses of the iWound uh, app, which is which is fascinating that, I, that someone actually did it, which is you guys. And, um, you know, the, the, the question has always been, who, who's going to who's gonna take on this challenge? So, so someone has to. And you can't just 
look at it from, it's not just a business problem to solve. It has to be a collaboration with people that really understand healthcare, that understand clinical practice, um, and that know how to, you know, scale it, turn it into a product that can scale and can actually be useful in real practice. So, um, I, I, you know, in some ways, we're kind of waiting for, for somebody like you and your background to actually come together with the complement of a, a, a very excellent team. And I wonder if that's something that, uh, that you can comment on a little bit. How did, how did the founders come together? How did you guys meet? Did you know each other before? Well, first of all, I, I don't want to I don't want to fly by um, some very nice things you said. So thank you very much. It was very kind of you, Dorian. Um, and we are proud. And and you know what? It's not about us. It's it's about doing some great things. So I'm glad you look at it that way. Um, you know, simply you can you can build the most attractive Ferrari, right? Put it in your backyard, and everybody will want it. But unless they see it, you're not going to sell it. Right. So one man's idea, one man's vision, there's lots of people out there with great ideas, but you need a team, you need complement, you need infrastructure. I was blessed. I was absolutely blessed a few years in meeting a, a gentleman by the name of David Westlake. Um, this is a man that has vision beyond vision and he recognizes talent. He recognizes brand new opportunities in the marketplace with no competition. And uh, David warmly welcomed a partnership in this company. And then of course we built an infrastructure around there with you know uh, lead generation, marketing, advertising. Uh, the president of the company, Ray Garneau, um, definitely comes from a sweet spot of knowing business development better than anybody. Um, he'll put together um, the thoughts in a meeting that just I don't agree with. I don't see it. It goes against my grain. It just doesn't make sense. But now I've learned that that's a specialty in and of itself. So my point is, you need a whole bunch of people to come together. You know, you can't just have a quarterback. Somebody's got to catch that ball. So I have an absolutely phenomenal team. You know, we have a board of directors, shareholders, people that have invested in the company. It's, it's a whole culmination of, of efforts. It's not just the thought leaders that come up with a algorithm. That's just a thought. You have to have all the background behind that. Mm -hmm. And the algorithm is another piece that I wanted to, to touch on in a little bit. Um, you know, one, for anybody watching too, we'll see if we can get a, a clip up, um, but there's certainly a lot of uh, great information on the, the company website, the Island website, um, which you can go and check out and I'll include a link in the description as well. Uh, but it was really cool to see that, that you actually show up right on the, the landing page um, in a clip, I think on the website. So you're, you're clearly part of the video content that goes into the training portion of the app. So that that's really cool. So, I mean, this is, real life validation that, uh, the, you know, the person that's actually building this product uh, and uh, marketing and selling it is, um, has lived experience actually doing this stuff. So that's, a, that's an excellent compliment, I, I think. Well, thank you very much. Um, and it's, listen, I, I can't make this strong. It's not about me. Okay. This is a company. It's my whole team. It's, it's everybody involved, but everybody in the app, it's me. It's all me. So it's all my clinical expertise. Um, so you're going to get standardization. Um, you're going to get best practice. You're, you don't get any bias information. You get clinical randomized control trials. And the great thing is um, it's equipped to deal with just about anything at the bedside. And yet I'm not even close to finish. I have so many more modules and so many more great things uh, to teach people. But you have to be careful too on how you educate people on a subject because you can lose them very, very quickly. If, if you're not engaging, um, it, your information's not palatable and easily understood, um, people won't understand it, they won't retain it and they won't share it. And that's really the three things that's most important to me is you gotta understand it, you better remember it. And if you do, you can tell your colleague at the bedside, now two of you know it. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of gobbledygook that you're going to forget after a weekend seminar. And that's the problem. People go to these great seminars. They take these educational evenings at a hotel and they are wonderful, but you forget it. 
our application's in your hand, in your pocket, and it's available 24 seven. If you ever want to refer to it, it's right there. And that's a beauty of it too. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we can get into how exactly the, the content is uh, structured a little bit, because um, so what we know so far, so you're, you've created uh, well over a hundred pieces of content um, all focused on training education. It's actually based on real, this is the kind of information that you would get if you were, you know, going to school, so to speak for it. Like it's, it's the real deal. Um, it's, it's evidence-based, I believe. And yes. as you were developing the content uh, that goes into the app, you know, what, um, how do you incorporate new pieces of information? There's standard of care, of course, uh, but then there's always new stuff coming out. How does that, how do you go about doing that? Well, you know, absolutely. Um, without getting into a deep dive and, you know, people that are listening to this and, and not really understanding, uh, there's pressure sores. Okay. So stages one, two, three, four, there's leg ulcers, venous ulcers, there is arterial wounds, there's surgical wounds, and there's diabetic feet wounds. Okay. That's never going to change. And in all those areas, there's these layers of, of skin, right? That's never going to change. So how do you update bad information, you don't. What happens is we have all of these wonderful manufacturers. I'm not gonna name them, but everybody knows them. And they all have a hand in wound care because it's such a big marketplace, right? It's a business, let's not be silly here, it's a business. So every year, company A comes out with this new slant on this product category that everybody's been using, but it's, so that's when I talk about updating clinical guidelines, um, nothing's going to change in turn, uh, in, in terms of turning, repositioning people, offloading people, making sure people are, you know, continents dry and, and tidy. Those are the precursors for all these wounds and, you know, people with proper education on, uh, diet and nutrition, et cetera, diabetes. So that's never going to change. Uh, the new technologies, um, that's also not going to change. It's going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And it's a daunting task because what happens, Dorian, is I'll go into a long-term care facility in a month. And by the end of the month, I've been in 60 different facilities. And I see this purple or this green or this yellow new product that everybody's trying on all these wounds because it's deemed as appropriate for all these wounds. And guess what? They're, they're really not. These are purpose-built uh, products. And, and I talk in one of my, my lectures, I, I, don't, I don't want to go sideways here, but I talk about driving a pickup truck to church and a Cadillac to the construction site. I mean, these are purpose-built vehicles de dealing with certain applications, and wound care is no different. So it's important that as we get these new products in the marketplace that I, through push notifications. And that's a wonderful thing. So the manufacturers want to do in-servicing. They want to do, you know, rounds and get into doctor's office and trade shows and talk about their new purple thing. Well, can you imagine if you reached out to a million people at the bedside and told them about your purple thing? So that's what iWound does. So I shoot a film on new technologies. I get it right into the hand of the clinicians with the iWound application and they learn about new technologies right away. And it's not a case of just marketing and making dollars. That's not what this is about. This is about utilizing products properly with good outcomes, because we talk about chronic wounds being 80% of the cost of wound care. That's because purple things are put on wounds and people try things and God bless them. They're trying, they mean the best they're trying to heal wounds, but it's important to use the right product at the right time. That's how you heal people. I imagine there's also a component around how quickly anybody who's coming out with a, a new product and a new type of bandage, a new type of uh, good word. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Any of these new technologies, but as a, if you're a new player or if you're a company that's just trying to launch a brand new product, how do you deploy that out? And how do you get the, the education to the people that, that are the supposed end users? And so I imagine there's a leg right in the, in the way that, things are currently kind of set up if you're you know there are hundreds of thousands of clinicians that would be would be dealing with wound uh care and how do you how, do, how does everyone find out about the this new this new 
great technology that's out there. I won't. I won't. <laughs> I won't. Truly. Yeah. And it's, it's not about, Hey, look at us. We're popular. We's got to no. It, it, it's simple solution. People have a conduit right to the bedside. And that's what I wound is. We're not a PDF. We're not an Excel. We're not a website. We're not a weekend. We're a digital piece in the pocket of a person that wants to do better care. So if they do, we'll deploy all new technologies. We'll tell them about it in my own verbiage and tell them how to use it and all, all the fine details around that. So I think that truly is um, a wonderful thing for all the manufacturers with new technologies. So that's how iWound keeps up with technologies. Anything new will be deploying. Like this isn't a static product. The wounds are static, they don't change. And how you take care of wounds in terms of basic turning, repositioning, proper nutrition, protein, all of that never changes. But the products we use in the wounds will always be changed because it's a business. Right. And, and just like you guys are focused on, uh, on delivering, um, you know, outcomes based technologies and, and uh, tools uh, to clinicians, a lot of other manufacturers and a lot of other institutions and organizations want to do the same thing. They do care about the outcomes. And so, you know, if there is a way, if there's a new technology and it's proven to be perhaps better than standard of care, uh, you know, why not launch that in a way that's consistent um, across the, the healthcare sector and, is is taken up rapidly rather than you know having to wait months for someone in let's say i don't know saskatchewan might take it up uh, more slowly than someone in new brunswick or something like that so if you can deploy that across the field updating the standard of care quickly that is obviously an ideal scenario well it's it's interesting that's a that's a really excellent point dorian dorian i'm (laughs) jumping over my tongue here um if you look at accessibility and portability of healthcare, I mean, it doesn't, it's not fair that somebody in Saskatchewan has to wait or somebody downtown Toronto gets all the care and all the new technologies. So I think these companies with their, you know, they have reps, they have sales reps and people to go out and have meetings and they do a great job. They do a fantastic job. This conduit that we provide is just a, I find a quicker, more efficient means to get to everybody in real time. So, and that's, it's not a bias. It's just a fact. I mean, digital is, is the way, look at e-health, right? You know, somebody's got a problem, you jump on, you talk to a doctor and hopefully you get the right treatment and outcome. So I just think this is more current, what we're doing with push notifications. And so, yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, um, so again, for anybody uh, that wants to check this out and uh, go on the website and find out some more information, I think one of the things that you'll come across right away is that there are certain advantages um, listed on the website for the I Won't Care app over how things are currently done um, for the most part. And one of those advantages is that there's a standardization of assessments of, of new wounds. Um, there's also an evidence-based uh, treatment of wounds um, he, uh, education piece. Um, and then the other thing that's really interesting is that you can actually monitor wound care and update treatment practices um, or, or, you know, the treatment plan as needed throughout the, the process. And I think this is especially relevant for chronic wounds, uh, but acute wounds, I think would, would also, that, you know, that would go a long way there as well. So I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit. So what's the, what are the main advantages and how, how do you see that? Uh, My goodness, you, you left me about 17 bullets to talk about there. <laughs> two all, two all, I'll gravitate immediately. Um, it's interesting. You're at the bedside and you're looking at an awful wound with, you know, pseudomonas coming out of it, dead tissue, and there's a bone sticking out. I mean, the, the, the worst we can possibly see. An eye wound will tell you what to do at that point. And then the question is, okay, well, thank you. You've told us what to do with the wound. That wound could take four to six months to heal, right? Well, what do we do in two weeks or four weeks when there's a subtle change in that wound? Because there will be most often. And it's these subtle changes that people don't recognize to cascade them through inflammation, proliferation, and maturation. And what our app does, this is really exciting. It doesn't give you a treatment. It actually tracks a wound till it's healed. And I'll tell you why. At any point, you put the data in the algorithm. You can do it in two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks. 
January 1st, when we told you to use a product for an inflammatory wound and that wound changes, you don't have to guess what to use. Just follow the app, put your signs and symptoms in, and it's going to tell you whether you need to change that product out to another. And that's the beautiful thing. That's why wounds do not shift from inflammation to proliferation as quick as they should, because people are unsure when to use what product, when to stop using a product, when to shift, what the app does it automatically. So we're really, really proud of that. Um, the other part is the, the technology. Um, there's a lot of very, very expensive technology. Like one product, I'm not going to name it. It's just a classification. It's called a negative pressure wound therapy. There's many companies have it. It's basically, uh, I, I, I don't want to say this, but it's basically a leech. Terrible thing. I'm going to get shot for saying that. But one of the things it does is it invites a lot of blood supply to the wound. Now, these things are very expensive, but they're not. And the reason I say they're not is when they're used appropriately and correctly at the right time and place, they will heal a wound so darn quick, it's not funny. So a lot of people will say, you know, the products you use are expensive and, you know, those silver alginates are, you know, a box of that is so, but you know what? You're not changing the wound every day. And if you follow it properly and do exactly what you should be doing, you're gonna stop using that product in two to four weeks and you'll shift to something else and the wound will start healing. But people tend to use just gauze in wounds and betadine in wounds and antiseptics in wounds because they're cheaper and easier and don't take a lot of time. That's your chronic wound. That's why these wounds pervade and prevalence and incidence is as it is. Not beating up on anybody. Uh, a nurse that takes gauze and puts it in a wound, God bless them for taking care of somebody. That's a good thing. Let's just do the best we can. That's the point. I think this is also touching back on the, the idea of a cost containment um, and really a cost effectiveness of, of using this sort of uh, technology. So have you guys, have you um, done any studies or, or published anything to, to kind of demonstrate what that would be like? How would yeah, so this is, this is the remarkable, the remarkable silver bullet behind our complete package. So we brought together two companies one of the U.S. called Tissue Analytics. That's in multiple hospitals. And it's done an absolutely astounding, astounding job at doing quantitative, not I think, but mathematical quantitative data behind looking at a wound at a set point and then down the road and saying it's healing or not. If it's not, then what do you do? Well, that's what I do. So we've taken two pieces of bread and we put the meat in the middle. We've got a beautiful complete deli sandwich now where we have quantitative data. We have all the mustard and the mayo and the pastrami in the middle teaching and telling people what to do and all the education. And then at the very end, we take another quantitative laser scan of the wound and see what we've done. So in terms of cost containment, listen, if you have one nurse in a facility, that's the wound champion and two or three that are on the wound team. And the other 47 really don't know too much. You can't tell me by instructing all 47 about wound care properly. First of all, you're gonna have better outcomes. Better outcomes, better healing is cost containing. And the other thing is being able to quantitatively look at a wound at one set point and do a longitudinal study on all the composition in the wound, the dead tissue, the healthy tissue, all the products used, we have a mathematical scientific piece that follows and tracks this wound. So we can't tell people we're going to do cost containment. We're going to prove it. And that's the lovely part of, of, of this whole development we've had uh, with iWound. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So and uh, tissue analytics, they operate on the U.S. side of the last time I checked. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Tissue analytics has been in operation for five or six years. They've been in multiple hospitals, spawned from John Hopkins University from two excellent biomed students, Kevin Keenahan and Josh Budsman. Um, and their intellectual property and their, you know, beautiful minds spawned tissue analytics. And a year ago, um, I just saw a wonderful opportunity to take quantitative digital mathematics and real-time learning and algorithms and bring it all together as just 
an absolute powerhouse. It's just such a beautiful product. And I'm biased, of course, but it's, it's a wonderful product. Okay. So we'll see if we can include a link to, uh, to tissue analytics too. I did a little bit of homework on, on this as well. I was trying to find out some information on uh, the kind of work that they do. S- really sounds interesting. Very, very promising. Really, really interesting work as well. The, the, the combination, this is, this is like the perfect trifecta, it seems to me. So you've got, like you said, yeah, but, clinical, but, clinical yeah. background, um, a, a tool that is, is intended to be used by clinicians Hence, it's the, the training even comes from a clinician with decades of experience. Then you've got the, you know, the AI sort of and, and data science heavy component that's been tacked onto it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you're perfectly set up to demonstrate not only, um, you know, improved outcomes, uh, improved cost effectiveness, but also the fact that it can actually be adopted uh, pretty broadly and actually used by potentially someone who is very relatively new. Uh, yeah. to the space of wound treatment. And mm-hmm. hey, guess what? They can be brought up to speed really quickly. They've got a, an effective tool that they not only can learn from, but actually can use right off the bat. That seems to me like that's going to have a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of benefits and a lot of uh, uh, potential to, to improve outcomes across the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing else to add to that. You did such a good job. Um, it, I think it's just wonderful to be able to say, um, you know, we're going to train, we're going to educate all your staff. They've never been trained, not all of them, because you can't afford it. You don't have the time, but we're going to do that. And because of that, you're going to have great, greater outcomes. Okay, well, we'll see. Well, no, we'll prove. We actually track a wound mathematically in, in three-time virtual 3D rotation, length, width, depth, tissue composition, products used, uh, even down to, is a patient adhering to treatment? No, I don't want my wound changed today. No, I don't want it done next week. And after six weeks, this chronic wound, we can look at the data and say, well, 34% of the time, your dad didn't want his wound changed. And those are important data points for a province or a state or somebody injecting money into wound care. Right. So those are are big, big metrics that we're able to collect now, as opposed to me doing a weekend seminar and saying, I'm going to train everybody and they're going to learn and it's just going to really help. Well, how do you prove that? You can't. So I'm pretty, I'm very excited about this. I wanted to to come back also to the the idea of uh, the kind of data that's being collected and and how it can actually be used um, and the the algorithm uh, behind this tool, which is really, really cool. Um, But I wanted to ask you quickly too, do you have an estimate of how many people I'd say are are currently using it or um, that you're, uh, you know, potentially partnering with or going to partner with to to use this? Absolutely. So let's be very, very clear here. the company spawned as Trust Robin, which was an educational product with an algorithm. One year ago, we ran into these two big guys from Tissue Analytics, and we decided to do an alliance partnership with and put together a, a complete package. So we spent nine months doing that. We've done beta testing, and that's how I met you, right? We've done user acceptance testing. Um, not to let the cat out of the bag, but we're really passionate about making a difference and not in a little community in some location with four long-term care homes. We really want to have some massive metrics and that's what we've been working on. And I alluded to that at the top of this meeting with you. Um, I'm not really uh, able to discuss what we're doing right now, but um, yes, we are now coming out with our complete product in a very robust fashion. So who's used it? Uh, the Trust Robin app, they, they've used that. I, uh, Tissue Analytics, people have been using that for five years. Um, the new Game Changer, it's coming to a theater near you right now. Is that going to play out mostly uh, on the Canadian side, US side, both? Um, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you asked globally. Globally, okay. Yeah, wounds aren't just in the U.S. and in Canada, U.K., Belgium, France. Uh, their wounds are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, sounds sounds ambitious and um, certainly much needed uh, around the world. Thank you. And um, okay, so the 
the piece that really, really kind of caught my attention is the is the the 3D um, imaging, the 3D rendering that you can get. And I let, let me see if I can kind of wrap my head around how this would work. So it, it's an app. I could you can go on the the Google um, uh, uh, App Store, I believe on the Apple App Store as well. You could mm -hmm. download the app. It's going to be on your phone. Um, you have for anybody that has a, a modern smartphone, you've got a pretty high resolution camera. Uh, as a clinician, you'd be able to use that, point the camera to, uh, let's say a new patient, a new patient's wound. That'll generate a, a 3D rendering of the actual wound. It can classify it. It can develop a, a treatment plan. It can assess it. Everything is done essentially auto automatically. It is, it is. How, There's how does, a piece, sorry, Doreen. No, sorry. Yeah, the, uh, the, the three, um, so the, the, what is it called? The computer vision algorithm with the 3D rendering. How does that, how did that uh, get developed? How, how, how did that happen? Because it, well, it sounds really high tech, which is awesome. Well, it is, it is. And, and remember the, the 2D tissue composition, longitudinal tracking in 3D is, is tissue analytics. That's our alliance partner. So I can't speak to the development, but I will tell you this. Um, it's, it's, it's okay for somebody to download an app. And the app that's out there right now is a tickler. It's not a functional app. If you go on iTunes or you go on Google Play, you just get a tickler. There's lots of roadblocks and things that don't work. And that's a tickler to get people to communicate with us, right? So the real one's coming out real soon. Um, but think about this. Think about this. A nurse has people who are terminally ill, they're palliative. People who are obese, people who have diabetes, people that are have Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, like nurses are burdened with just a multifaceted pathologies. And they have to document all day on this, turning, positioning, medications giving, um, you know, improvements, deterioration, etc. Last thing they want to do is use an app and get all this data in an app and then still have to go back to a piece of paper or a, an online monitor and put in, so that's double documentation and we don't want that. So what we do, it seems like we're providing an app, we're not. What we're providing is a digital highway that gets integrated into the workflow, into a hospital, into long-term care chains that gets into their EMR. Okay, so the, the, the piece that these nurses and doctors and nurse practitioners are using to document every day, when they use the app, it hits the cloud and gets through the firewall under HIPAA regulations, the most heavy vetted privacy act where we comply with all of that. So the app will take your scan, it'll take your data, but it's shoved up to the cloud, it's put into the EMR, and it's into your EMR um, data point. Okay. So I know it's an app, but it's really a conduit to get into your workflow. And that's the beautiful part of this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, I, ultimately though, at the end of the day, the, the, the very novel piece, if you will, is going to be this, this three kind of vision based algorithm um, that's developed. And I think one of the things that, uh, that crossed my mind as I was thinking about this is why would you need a 3D model? Like to, to, wounds are not 2D, obviously. And you're, the, the app is set to deal with essentially any kind of right. from a bone sticking out of your skin. Obviously you would want a 3D model to understand exactly what's going on to just a surface abrasion, a, little, a cut, a bruise, something, a slight burn, what have you. Well, if you look at um, what we're able to do, so we'll take a 2D, 2D composition of length and width. Okay, so it's seven centimeters by three centimeters. Now, where it gets really exciting is there's 22% healthy tissue, 42% sloughy tissue, and another percentage of necrotic tissue. That's fine. Now, when we do a 3D scan, there could be tunneling, there could be undermining. The wound bed's not even, it's all over the place. So by able to track from one week to the next week to a month and look at these 3D rotations and these tissue compositions, it gives you a much more thorough visualization of the wound. A 3D rotation of the wound is not gonna heal a wound. It's really neat, it's nice to look at, it's, 
innovative and that's not the key. The key is by being able to have a better look of that over time and see how that changes the tunneling, the undermining, the wound bed topography. That's the beautiful part of it. Mm -hmm. It's just a better way of looking at the wound. Mm -hmm. I, I imagine too, I mean, as you're going through clinical training, um, they present real life models of whatever it is that you're, you're learning about, right? So the, the visual aspect, I think, goes a long way. Um, plus, you, you know, wounds are, again, like we, like we were talking, is they're not skin deep. They're, they're complex. There's a lot of, there's vasculature, there are nerve endings that come into play. There's all kinds of other different layers of the skin and, and, um, and what have you. So it, to be able to see this and how it's progressing over time, that longitudinal piece I'm catching on is, is extremely important here. And it's not something that's, that's possible really right now. Not, not really. It's everything. Yeah. The yeah. longitudinal tracking quantitatively. It's nice that I teach. It's great. Hopefully I'm good at teaching. Hopefully the algorithm will get people to the bedside using the right products. But, you know, they say you haven't done it unless it's written down. If it hasn't been written down, it hasn't been done. Well, same thing. If you can't prove what I'm telling people, uh, how can you tell people my education is going to help better outcomes? Well, we can now because we track, we show a report on what we're implementing, what products we're using, and people can cleanly see. And I, it's, it's very, very exciting. Mm -hmm. Now, I wanted to shift a little bit to the idea of, of, of access. Um, we kind of touched on this in a couple different ways uh, up until now, but you know, realistically, what would be, what's the, the avenue here to get this into the hands of clinicians um, on, a, on a wide scale. I don't know how much you can speak to this. I know there, some of this might be in the works at the moment, um, but from a market access perspective, you know, how would you get this into hospitals, you know, private practices um, and uh, you know, paramedic uh, hands and, and so on? How, does that, how would that deployment happen? Well, you, know, you kind of spoke to it initially, but I, I, I don't know when this will air, but in a very short period of time, uh, you know, we're ergo, Christmas 2020. So new year, January 2021, we'll be looking at a full uh, upgraded launch on iTunes and Google. So access, um, just go download it. It's free. Just go grab it. Um, integration into healthcare sectors. Um, that's all part of, um, you know, a bigger play, shall I say. A clinician can download it and say, you know, I'd like it in my hospital and talk to their, you know, materials management and chief technology officer and say, you know, we'd like this integrated into the medical records and they could, you know, contact us. But do you see, see, the, see the point I'm trying to make? It's, it's one person, one CTO. It's just, it's bigger than that for us. It's much bigger. For us to make an outcome, an improvement, and get the metrics to show that we've improved, we need a big footprint. So we're working on a conduit to uh, to take a big piece of the pie right now. Gotcha. Okay. So it's, it's very. But anybody much can access it, Dorian. Sorry to cut you off. Anybody can access it, though. This this uh this also makes me wonder about the the app itself is going to be. I mean, it's meant to be used by essentially anybody, or anybody can use it ultimately but there will also be a, a version of it that's going to be specific to uh, healthcare settings, hospitals, clinics, uh, emergency, or, you know, acute care centers, that sort of thing. Is that, yeah. that the thinking? Well, I, I guess the only way to answer that is um, if you're at home in the community, you could have a stage one, two, three, four, partial thickness, venous, diabetic, ulcer, post-surgical, palliative wound. You can have that in hospital in a long-term care everything in the wound is applicable to multi-sectors. Um, you know, we're not talking about sunburns and, you know, an abrasion or maybe a little cut or a hangnail. We're talking about wounds that cost five to $40,000 to heal. And that's why the burden is so big and it's real. And we're trying, number one, trying to get people healed quicker with better care and the only thing that's going to spawn from that is cost containment, right? That's just what comes from better care. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be really, really fascinating when it actually um, enters into into hospitals and people can actually start to use it. You, you touched on this too, the um, the integration within current and existing EMRs, the the connectivity of uh, new applications, digital applications that are coming out nowadays. It's um, integration is is top of mind for everybody. Um, yes. The 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 ability to to develop something that's HIPAA compliant and consistent with any updates that come out of that, um, you know, data privacy, data sharing um, space is extremely important. Is that, uh, how is that kind of incorporated? Is that on the tissue analytics side? Uh, mostly are they? Well, it's not so much on the tissue analytics side. It's really in our full product I wound. Um, nothing is captured in the smartphone, whether it's an iPhone, a Google, Android, or uh, iPad, doesn't matter, a tablet. It's a conduit to get to the dashboard, to get to the cloud, to access the software. So you may take a picture of somebody's tailbone that's infected, and it's just a very private area. And, and these most of these wounds are very private. And the last thing you want is somebody's mother's name and their body parts on a phone. I mean, that you just, you can't do that. And we would never do that. So the devices simply are a conduit to be able to access the cloud and use it to get to best practice. Nothing is stored on the devices. It's all HIPAA compliant behind the firewall in major institutions like, you know, John Hopkins hospitals. And it's all compliant. It's been vetted for years. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the one of the things that I see coming out of this is the is the ability to, I guess, on, on the theme of, of connectivity, um, sort of zooming out a little bit. But essentially, um, there is a multidisciplinary team that could be involved in very complex wounds to help the patient uh, not only get treated but also to recover. And, um, you know, down the road, I imagine that a lot of patients are also interested in recovering without scarring. So I think there's an aesthetic component. I think that, that'll come into it as well. Do you envision, you know, potentially pairing um, iWound with, with other services, um, community-based services, let's say for patients that are, you know, have recovered from a, from a wound for the most part, but need to undergo physiotherapy or, you know, need to see a... Uh, a, another medical specialist in the in the community to sort of get through that that uh, final kind of stage of recovery is that a possibility? Well, that absolutely, it's a great question. So, you know, people think we go to the bedside look at the hole in the patient. You look at the whole patient, and the whole patient is their neighbor, their aunt, the physician, the plastic surgeon, the endocrinologist, the dietitian, the physiotherapist, the palliative, the that's all in our education. This is a multidisciplinary approach to wound care. And I'll tell you, some of the chronic wounds like diabetic foot wounds that don't have proper orthotics and don't have proper nutritional monitoring and don't have the support, just simple support to help people through difficult times so they can comply with these treatment plans. That's where you get chronicity and diabetic foot wounds, venous stasis ulcers and whatnot. So yes, we, we not only link with um, our care plan and our teaching embodies the whole team. And once the wound is healed, let's remember that's not original tissue that can break down very quickly. So we don't just shake hands with people and push them through the door. We hold their hand and we hold a clinician's hand as long as they want to hold our hand. But there's lots of things you need to do ongoing to prevent further decupitous ulcers or, you know, there's a, I, I'm sorry, I just can't think of it. I know it, but I can't think of the, the factor right now, but, um, you know, a diabetic foot ulcer, once you've had one, there's a very high percentage you're going to get another one. And that's simply education, right? That's simply education. Mm -hmm. so. wonder if I can get your, uh, your prediction, I guess, uh, in, in terms of, it sounds like the, the company is going to be collecting a lot of very useful information. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe data that uh, that really isn't um, hasn't really been collected before, or certainly not in any kind of coordinated way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, the data itself obviously has a tremendous value from a, you know, outcomes demonstration view from a cost effectiveness uh, demonstration view. Um, and, you know, uh, to be used in clinical practice and in clinical research and that sort of thing. So do you envision that being part of, of the eye wound, you know, strategic vision, if you will, of just collecting um, useful information that can be. Oh, absolutely. percent. I mean, it's, it's, listen, we're passionate about teaching people and we're passionate about getting better care at the bedside, but remember the big message here, we're going to prove it. We're going to stand behind what we are offering up to the healthcare space that we want to improve outcomes and we're going to prove it. Now, are you saying, will we take that data and sell it to a major healthcare company? So that's really, that's not, that's not really height of mind right now. Is that a real opportunity? Yes. Data is a huge commodity. But that's not why the app is built to collect data. It's for us to say to people, trust us. We want to help you. We want to do better care at the bedside. And if you let us try, we're going to prove that we've done it or failed. And that's a beautiful part of, of the, the data and the you know quantitative metrics that we have. It's, yeah, I'm just, listen, I can talk about it all day. <laughs> really interesting. So uh, where do you see the, the company going? Let's say um, there, there's uh, a lot of things happening very quickly, I think right now. And I know we can't get into all the details. Where do you see things kind of playing out, let's say five years down the road? Well, um, remember, I am the founder of the notion, not the founder of the company, the founder of the notion. Um, I do have business partners. I have shareholders. I've got, you know, um, lots of people involved so everybody has a different vision some are hearkening quick acquisition uh, venture uh, partnerships with other major players Um, i'll tell you where my mind's at my mind's at this Um, get the vehicle out get the vehicle doing great things and be honest about that um, celebrate better outcomes and wonderful things come what they are. You know, it could be acquisition. It could be venture um, partnerships with other companies. All of that's really kind of on our plate right now. Um, but I'm just focusing on the product, getting the product out and doing great work. So you know, we can talk in another six months, a year. I, I don't know what's coming, but um, yeah, I, five years, um, I'll probably be speaking Japanese in five years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see how things go. It's hard to think that far out, even uh, just given the the current climate. Well, it's a good question. I, I don't mean, mean to be. I don't mean to be callous, Dorian. No, no. <laughs> no, it's a it's a good point too, and I would agree with that. I think um, ultimately, I think uh, you know, it's a sign you're doing great work if the uptake is high, if people are actually using the app, and if you can certainly if you can demonstrate the outcomes. Um, you know, being improved over standard of care, relative care, you know, had I will never existed or never been taken up. I mean, that would, that'd be a huge thing to demonstrate. And again, it's a, it's a huge industry and it's huge because it affects a lot of people. Uh, and so if you can make a dent in that um, and do it in a way that hasn't been done before and have better outcomes, you know, power, all the power to you. Um, hopefully it does scale um, as much as it possibly can. Yeah. I want to also get your, your impression. Um, we had a, a guest previously um, that was uh, developing a, a handheld bioprinter. I thought this was really cool technology. Bioprinting has been, become extremely popular, uh, not just in the healthcare setting, but in, in across a, a variety of sectors. Um, but that that brings to mind a variety of other technologies that that have come on the market. There's spray on skin, I believe that came out not too long ago. There are uh, smart bandages where um, they'll, I think, uh, there, there's a chip or something uh, built into it where you, they, it'll actually help uh, w- uh, heal wounds much faster. Um, there are new types of uh, bandages, biofoams, all kinds of filters and, and so on. So all these new fancy things coming out. Um, I think one of the things that um, that's really interesting is how do you, how do you test them out? How, how do you get people to uh, use them, try them and, and then to actually deploy them? Um, Wonderful question. Yeah. 
What's your impression? So, how, how does how can I wound uh, potentially help in that way? Well, once again, um, I think we are pioneering a wonderful piece here. So, Acme Company comes out with this microchip that they think will debride wounds quicker than anything, and it likely will. So they go out and they do trade shows and in-servicing. And so what we do is this. So we take Acme and we take 12 of our hospitals and we take five patients with wounds that need to be debrised. We now have 60 clients and we use the microchip in those 60 clients. We do a quantitative 2D and 3D rendering of this wound. We now have iWound teach best practice and an algorithm to use that product properly. And then at the end of that, we do another 2D and 3D rendering of the wound. And we've done a clinical trial and we prove that that chip works. Not by looking at it, measuring it and looks better and document. We have quantitative mathematical laser scans of the wound to prove it worked. So that's another great thing that iWound can do for all the new technologies, bring them in the marketplace, put them through our conduit, and we can actually quantitatively prove improvements in wound care. Well, you read my mind too, because I come from uh, the biotech world uh, primarily, and um, there are a number of companies that uh, new technology that are coming out purely focused on how do you essentially uh, bring patients on board to test out these new therapies, these new technologies that, um, you know, folks think can, can be very promising, show a lot of promise, but, you know, you, you can't get something to get on the market without testing it out first, especially in the medical space. So um, in the same way that clinical trials need to be done for medicines, for new technologies, um, and there are companies focused on doing just that, getting getting trials up to speed a lot quicker, getting patients on board faster and doing a better job of tracking outcomes patients. Um, it really, you know, this is a thought that crossed my mind too, is that if you can get eye wound um, to be adopted broadly, I mean, there's, this is yet another prong that it can help with a really big one absolutely. too, I would say. So yeah, very absolutely. interesting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're, we will not be in the practice of just, trying snake oil on wounds. I mean, things have to be put through the rigors of randomized control trials and double blind placebo studies, et cetera. Um, so when we're going to use a product in a clinical trial, um, it's not just gonna be a, let's see if this works. There's some research behind it. We have to feel you know, vetted that this is actually clinically sound product. Um, we just have a, a way of using it showing mathematically uh, a good improvement or not so good improvement. So I think that's, that's an exciting piece that we do offer to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really cool stuff. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how things progress over the next uh, couple months and couple of years for sure. So Robin, um, I know we're coming a little bit short on time here. So, uh, I, you know, I would love to keep talking about this for the next couple hours, but unfortunately we don't, we don't have that kind of time, um, especially on a, on a Friday afternoon. So sure. is there, I wanted to turn it over to you. Is there anything you wanted to, uh, to mention, um, as sort of a, a going away message, if you will, um, about where the, you know, the company's mission vision, uh, where you see it going, uh, before we wrap up. Um, and yeah, then we'll, we'll take it from there. Well, really the vision and the mission um, has been really recapitulated through this conversation. We truly, truly want to have good outcomes and we want to build an army at the bedside of good care providers. And it's just not there. I'm not beating up on the system. I'm not beating up on, you know, inept care providers. They, they do so many other great things. But our mission really is to get a big part of the clinical bedside providers more attuned to wound care. That's really the mission. Um, there is one message here that we, it's funny you didn't, you didn't ask me this question because um, it has come up. You do have people in hospital and long-term care and the community that are wound specialists. I was one of them. I am one of them. Are we trying to put them out of business? No. Why would we do that? We need those people. 
wouldn't it be lovely if all their colleagues around them could do a better job and help them do a better job? This isn't about putting clinical specialists out of work. We need those people. So that's an important piece for people to understand. This is just building a better team around the already effective conduit. I appreciate you clearing that up. That's exactly the thought that crossed my mind too. Not not the first uh, version of uh, putting people out of business. No, I I no. assume that. Um, no. I mean, there's. Uh, this is a really interesting point, and we're going to go off on a slight tangent here for a second. But um, the conversation around technology and AI um, replacing yeah. clinicians. This has been, yeah. you know, this goes back a number of years. And as far as I can tell, I've, I've yet to come across anybody that is actually developing a new technology that actually thinks it should replace yeah. clinicians. Everyone's yeah. talking about complementary, enhancing care, providing yeah. even better outcomes. No one's really yeah. talking about replacing. Well, if you, if you think about predictive analytics, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, there's components of all of that in what we, we provide. But the tool is only as effective as the people putting the data into it. If we don't have somebody at the bedside taking care of that person, putting the data into the tool, the tool, you may as well put it in the garbage. It doesn't run itself. We need real live caring people at the bedside. This just helps them do a better job. That's all. And track longitudinal outcomes, which, which will go a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For reimbursement and all those other things, right? All important, all important things. It is. Always part a of the conversation. Of money, a lot of money put into wound care and we can help save some of that for sure. For sure. All right, uh, Robin, this has been a, an awesome conversation. Again, I wish we could keep this going uh, for a couple more hours, but um, uh, I'll tell you what, if you're up for it, uh, I'd love to have you come back on as, uh, as things progress over the next couple of months, a year or so. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things are going. Um, I am looking forward to seeing a lot of great things happen. So um, hope to have you come back on at some point. It'd be my pleasure. And I'm excited to see you again. That'd be, that'd be a great opportunity. All right. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Robin. Thanks, Doreen. Take care. Bye for now.